Our text this morning comes out of Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43, and I'll be reading that from the New International Version this morning. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. May the Lord add the, his blessing to the reading of his word. Would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be pleasing to you. We thank you for this scripture that points us to your resurrection. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I just wanted to share with you uh, some thoughts on this Resurrection Sunday. And we can do the big Easter celebration when we're back together. We can order in the flowers and, and have the big get-together. But this morning, I think it's also important for us to share this hope and to share this good news together. And uh, so I want you to hear these words this morning and uh, I hope that they bring you uh, some hope this morning. You know, Peter's sermon here comes sometime after the resurrection and after Pentecost. And the story really begins at the beginning of chapter 10. In Caesarea, there's a Roman centurion named Cornelius. And we learn that Cornelius uh, worships God, that he gives alms, he, he gives money to the poor, he praise, and so he's really respected for that. He hasn't fully adopted the Jewish faith. At this point, Cornelius doesn't have quite enough skin in the game to be a full-fledged Jew, but we're told that he is a God-fearing person, and that's a technical way of talking about a Gentile who worships Yahweh. And at the beginning of chapter 10, Cornelius has this vision. And in this vision, he's told to reach out and to find Peter. And at the same time, or actually two days later, uh, Peter receives this really strange vision. And he sees all of these animals, uh, all kinds of different animals. And he's told to get up, kill, and eat. 
Now, many of these animals were not kosher food for a Jew. And Peter, who is trying to be a good Jewish person who's been raised his entire life to try and live out these cleanliness codes, says, there's no way I could never get up and eat these kinds of animals. He's not just trying to be a a vegetarian or anything. These are not uh, clean foods for him to eat. But the voice, the voice from God says, don't call anything that I've made, anything that I've called clean, don't call it unclean. And again, this isn't really about meat or vegetables or anything like that. The bigger picture of what's happening here in this vision is that Peter is being instructed to welcome others that might be called unclean by some, Peter is being instructed to welcome them in. This is something amazing happening in this vision. It's great news for all of us. It's not just about the ability to now eat bacon, although that's pretty cool. This vision means that it's about the accessibility that everyone has to the good news of Jesus. And that's good for all of us. The gospel is the culmination, the fulfillment of the Hebrew story. And here's how Peter preaches this good news. I want you to hear this. Peter starts by saying, I realize now, because he's just had one crazy dream, that God doesn't play favorites. This is a huge statement made by a Jew who's been taught just the opposite his entire life. Peter goes on to say, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. He's basically saying to Cornelius, Look, you've heard all of the stories of Abraham and Isaac Jacob, you've heard of Moses, the lawgiver. You've heard of Elijah, the prophet. You've heard of King David. The people of Israel were blessed in order that they may be a blessing to others. And now because of Jesus, because of the fulfillment of this story, they are being a blessing to all nations. It's from this story that Jesus, the Messiah, enters into the world. You know all the stuff that's been happening over in Judea, around Galilee and Jerusalem, is what Peter's saying. Here, Peter puts this story of Jesus into a specific time and a specific place. This isn't some made-up fairy tale. This is a real flesh and blood story. This is a real flesh and blood event. Peter says, you know about the life of Jesus. You know how he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. You know all the good that he did, all the good that he taught, all the healing that he did. You know the life of Jesus because the life of Jesus is an essential part to the good news story. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, and we'll get there. Peter will get there. And yes, resurrection, certainly we are coming to that. But also Jesus' life, showing us how to live, teaching us what the kingdom of God looks like, healing the sick, 
caring for the oppressed and the marginalized, challenging the status quo, challenging the powers that be. Don't leave that part of the good news story out. Peter says that they killed him by hanging him on a cross. It was a shameful way to die both for Jews and for Romans. It's interesting here that Peter doesn't spell out exactly what Jesus' death means or how exactly it works. He just simply says they killed him. But he goes on to say, but God raised him from the dead. Peter says that chosen witnesses experienced Jesus risen and alive. They saw him. They ate with him. They drank with him. They, they sensed him with all of their being. They were close enough to, to smell him, close enough to, to touch him, to, to put their hands and, and to see the wounds, to, to see the, the wounds in his side. You know, one of the amazing things is that these witnesses include women as the first witnesses. In the first century world, these aren't credible witnesses. Sorry, ladies. One of the reasons why Peter and John have to go see for themselves is because they've been told by Mary. But the gospel plays no favorites. That's part of what's happening in this whole story. And so the witness of the women is a powerful statement of the welcoming nature of the good news. These witnesses then eat and drink with Jesus. They sense his body in every way. And then Peter says, and we were told to go and preach and testify that Jesus has been appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Only someone who has conquered death can be judge over the living and the dead. Peter says that he was told to preach and to testify, that is to bear witness to what he had seen and what he had heard and what he had experienced. He says, all the prophets testify. That whole story of Adam and Eve down through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Moses, Elijah, David, uh, clear through Malachi is pointing towards Jesus. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. But hey, that's pretty good news for all of us. You know, Peter was told to preach and to testify. He testified to what he had actually seen with his own eyes and what he had experienced in the flesh of Jesus. But we weren't there. We haven't heard Jesus' audible voice, at least I haven't. We haven't seen him eat. We haven't had a drink with him. We haven't been close enough to smell Jesus. But yet we have experienced the power of God in our lives. And right now, maybe we're being forced to slow down and take notice more and more of God's 
power at work in our lives. We're seeing God provide in ways we hadn't dreamed of. Even now we're hearing stories of God's redeeming and renewing work. His people, as they rely on and care for one another, His creation through a Sabbath rest of some polluting maybe. And so this is how God's work might continue to be experienced by us in this time. You know, we are part of a stream that runs down through history. This story of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus has been handed down through the ages to us. Just like the the Jewish religion, they don't just talk about the Passover that happened to them way back then in some distant past. Instead, they talk about the Passover as something that has happened to us, to all of us. This is part of our story. That's a little bit how it is with us and the story of Jesus' life, of his death and his resurrection. This story has been handed down. And so we are part of a, a stream of witnesses that can give testimony to the risen Savior. And so the testimonies of Mary Magdalene, of Peter and John, these are the stories that have happened to all of us, the followers of Jesus. And we have the stories of witnesses down through the ages, and we continue to hear testimonies today of people and how God is at work in their life, experiencing the power of the risen King and Savior, Jesus. You know, the church has faced a lot of challenges down through history. And certainly we're in a a challenging time now. Ministry doesn't look like it typically does. We are a service-oriented group of people that love to be with one another in the flesh. And so right now uh, can be really hard for us. But this situation has provided some unique opportunities for us to reach out to people in different ways. And for some of us, it's been that forced sabbatical, that forced time of rest. It's provided different ways for us to connect, maybe provided a chance for us to reflect on what's essential to our faith and essential to our life. So how can we continue to be witnesses of the rection? How can we continue to share the love of Jesus? How can we testify to what Jesus has done in our own lives? How can we share that good news with people around us, even right now? How can we at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren continue to be a witness in the greater Hershey area. How can we serve and love those around us? We need to be creative. We need to have a little bit of imagination in different ways right now. But my prayer for us this week is that the hope of the resurrection, the hope of new life, may continue to carry and sustain us, especially in this time.